Some pretty astonishing uh, events unfolding in Hong Kong overnight, uh, waking up to headlines that uh, Hong Kong's leader Carrie Lam has accepted defeat on this very controversial bill that would allow residents uh, to be arbitrarily extradited to China's mainland. And she admitted that the bill's been a total failure and is dead. Kind of. It hasn't been withdrawn. And until that happens, protesters say they're not leaving because hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them have been risking their lives in the streets. And if they stop now, they very well could uh, seal their fate. Let's bring John Robson into this conversation. You can, of course, read him as a contributor in the National Post, also the executive director over at the Climate Discussion Nexus. So an interesting um, morning headline that we wake up to, and uh, Hong Kong seems to be backing down, which tells me that, uh, well, in many ways you can, in fact, stand up to an author- you know, authoritarian government. You can, but it's important to remember that these people are patient and determined. And also, I think it's always important to remember that tyrannies are quite brittle. They cannot afford to lose face, which sometimes looks like strength. But at the same time, in many ways, it's a weakness. If they really give in on this, Mm -hmm. word will get out. People in Hong Kong will be emboldened. People elsewhere in China might be emboldened. The rest of the world will take notice that China was stared down by people who easily could have beaten in a fight. And so I would be very, very wary, even if this language that the bill is dead, as has been pointed out, is not legislative language. Although dead, it's still actually technically alive in the process. But can China really allow Hong Kong to be a free enclave? Uh, And for both practical and uh, really public relations reasons, I don't think they can. So uh, I, I, if I were one of the Hong Kong protesters, I would be extremely anxious about what's going to happen once people kind of lose sight of the issue. So what would you be feeling if you were the Hong Kong leader um, herself, Carrie Lam, who, who basically said that this thing had been such a screw up from the start and, you know, declaring it's been a total failure? Uh, where will she go now? Will she somehow disappear all of a sudden? I would be very, again, very concerned if I was her because the regime in the first place would like to sacrifice her, uh, you know, to look as though they're being generous and listening. And in the second place, she's failed them. And um, as C.S. Lewis says in the screw tape letters, you know, the the logic of hell is purely um, outcome oriented. There's no uh, intentions don't matter. Opportunities don't matter. she this is not what they wanted from her and so she i'm almost certain will take the fall how hard i don't know she may just get sent to some you know manage a cement factory in some <laughs> unsavory part of china or or something worse she may be accused of corruption uh, so classic thing the chinese system is so corrupt that anybody who falls out of favor can be accused of corruption and the weird thing is in a judicial system that's thoroughly politicized there is this strange kind of tribute that vice pays to virtue that they want to get you for something you really did um, but they won't get you for it as long as you're in favor. Um, but clearly, whether she mishandled it or not, she gave Beijing an outcome it didn't want, and this is a really bad idea. Sure, but it's pretty spectacular on this side of the ocean to watch all of this unfolding because the risks being taken by, I mean, thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of protesters over the last few weeks, which really has flown under the radar. I mean, people aren't talking about it because of raptors and summer holidays. and that. I mean, it's extraordinary to see what they have, uh, the danger that they've put themselves in uh, to continue the, the freedom that they have and yet ultimately will 
again, probably have to fight for. Yeah, and of course, the regime has been taking very careful note, you know, with everything from, you know, people who recognize people to facial recognition software. You know, the iconic, the guy in front of a tank at Tiananmen Square, nobody knows what became of him. He he went down the oubliette. And so you you know the regime will neither forgive nor forget uh, who all these people are. It has to... uh, proceed with a certain amount of caution because a real blow-up, you know, machine gun corpses piled up in the streets of Hong Kong uh, is something that would be very hard to keep from even from their own people, certainly from the world. But most Chinese citizens have no idea what happened at Tiananmen Square. They're not Mm -hmm. even sure anything happened, although there's this vague feeling there was a reactionary plot, which fortunately was foiled. Um, but but again, to, to destroy Hong Kong is also to kill the goose that lays golden eggs. And if they were to do such a thing, who would want to invest in China? Who would want to be sent by their company to Shanghai for two years? Mm-hmm. So they're in a they're in a tight spot. We always think the tyrannies are doing great, and we're the ones who have no good options. They're really cornered here, but they can't allow the protest movement to succeed without threatening the survival of their regime, not immediately, but through the knock-on effects. And that's you have to bear that in mind. They can't back down and stay backed down. And so I suspect they're just circling around, waiting for an opportunity to do it when people have maybe gotten a bit of protest fatigue, their nerves have got the better of them, bring it in another form. Um, because Beijing is not, you know, they, they, they'll just keep trying until they succeed. It's like the Terminator. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sooner or later, they'll pull it off. The protesters only have to lose once, and they can lose very big. But they're the ones who can die in this. Xi Jinping is not going to die as a result of this process. Sure. Well, he might if he got overthrown. Well, there you go. Well, look, she hasn't withdrawn this thing yet, or, or I don't think she will. But um, it's interesting. I, how much uh, play can the international community then play? Because obviously, you know, they're not scared of anything Canada does, but certainly they're going to obviously wait till the international community, you know, turns away, looks away to make their next move. Well, I don't actually like the phrase the international community. I mean, who is this? Saudi Arabia? Is this Mozambique? Like, the Chinese are building this this uh, one road thing and buying friends. They've got a huge port in Greece and so on. Uh, they're not worried what Greece is going to say. They don't care what France says, um, maybe a bit because France has nuclear weapons. Um, but, but most countries in the world, A, aren't on our side anyway, and B, the Chinese don't care at all. Uh, China has very much uh, we are the dominant power in the world, please bang your head on the floor three times, take your shoes off attitude, uh, which, which they've had all along, even even when they were in, on the uh, worst end of things in the late 19th century. They were sort of this, I uh, can't believe the barbarians are winning, but don't worry, it won't last. Um, but the international community consists of a bunch of seedy failed states and tin pot dictators and Western nations who overestimate their influence uh, because they were great powers 100 years ago. And it's like, you know, the French and the Germans figure, of course, we're the dominant countries in the world. We always were. Why wouldn't we be? Um, you know, how many how many Frenchmen would realize that Iran has a population as bigger than that of France? Um, it just doesn't register with them. Uh, but really, China doesn't care what anybody says who doesn't have aircraft carriers. Yeah. And that brings it down to, well, the United States, maybe a bit India. <laughs> you know, there's a, the, the Chinese are looking over their shoulder at India, and the Indians are certainly looking over their shoulder at China and thinking, oh, man, <laughs> you know, this, they didn't get a bomb just because of Pakistan. You can be sure of that. Uh, yeah, well, what fascinating times we uh, live in. So we'll wait for the next chapter, but uh, quite a headline today coming out of Hong Kong. John, I appreciate you always. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. That is John Robson. Joining us uh, tonight, I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.